today I'm talking with my friend and special guest Caroline Potter of Colorful Eats Nutrition about her new book, how she's come to view her type 1 diabetes diagnosis as a blessing, and her top food photography tips. Good morning, everybody. Today we are back um, with a special episode of the Fed and Fit podcast with a friend of mine who also happens to be a colleague, and she lives practically across the world, and she is so talented and has all these awesome creations, the lovely Mrs. Caroline Potter. Welcome, Caroline. Hello. How are you? I'm dandy. (laughs) Loves your introduction and that you called me Mrs. Potter. I never get called that. <laughs> really? <laughs> I well, now that I'm married, I I'm like really savoring calling other people Mrs. because I feel like now I'm a kindred spirit <laughs> with them. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, good. Well, just to give you guys a brief overview, if you're not familiar with Caroline yet, she is an NTP. Um, and authored the cookbook, All-American Paleo Table. And she's also the brains and beauty behind the blog, Colorful Eats. She has an awesome newsletter I recommend you sign up for that goes out pretty regularly. Caroline lives on Pearl Harbor in Hawaii with her husband, Stephen, and their super adorable golden retriever, Libby, which you can see pictures of her on Instagram. Caroline loves all things outdoors, hot cappuccinos, and grilling on the weekends, which is probably why we are such natural friends. <laughs> True. I really do love all those things. You do? That's so nice. I like all those things, too. That's a, those are good ones. Well, I'm thrilled to have you on today. I wanted to bring Caroline on because... Um, I mean, I really just like introducing you guys to other really great people in the industry, people that I really look up to um, for a bunch of different reasons. But Caroline is definitely among that. She came out this this year, like I said, with her um, debut cookbook, and it is absolutely stunning. If you haven't grabbed a copy yet, I highly recommend it. She really took a bunch of, if you can flip through the calendar of American holidays, she really took some of those classic family favorites and revitalized them with some really great nutrition thinking. <laughs> those with, is that the best description you've ever heard of your book ever? <laughs> pretty great. Pretty great, Cassie. Really, really, really great nutrition thinking went on in that book. <laughs> I'm going to use that one from now on. You should. You know, that should be printed somewhere. Um <laughs> Uh, anyways, it's I'm it's absolutely stunning, and she did an awesome job. I've made several things from it so far. The biscuits were awesome. The burger was awesome. That bacon jam, Miss Caroline, Mrs. Caroline, um, has changed my world. So, um, yeah, I literally have friends who are like, will bring me bacon, and they'll be like, "Will you make me bacon jam?" And I'm like. Sure. Like, I think I always have a jar in the fridge to like, just like to hand out to people and thank them and be like, hey, you're awesome. Here's some bacon jam. Um, Yeah, I had a friend who like when I was testing all the recipes for my cookbook, she um, like loves the bacon jam and she went on this hunt to like find it in a store. And I think she called like every Whole Foods in the nation and they were like, what is bacon jam? (laughs) 
I was like, no, you'll just have to get my cookbook to make it. But <laughs> it's pretty good. It's it really is, good. It is really good. It was, I would definitely give it a really in all caps. Um, maybe, you know. Someone told me, too, it was Whole30 approved. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. It totally so is. So awesome, too, for a lot of people I know that do the Whole30, like, all the time. But especially starting in the new year. Um, you can still eat your bacon jam. Yeah. It's like it's because it's sweetened with dates and really it will change. It will rock your world. It will change things. <laughs> I had leftover from those burgers I made. And the next morning I put some on my eggs. I was asking Austin, my husband, I was like, do you want some bacon jam on your eggs? <laughs> and he's not as adventurous of a foodie as I am. But after he saw how delicious mine was, he grabbed a spoonful. You know, and, and speaking of tis the season – um, cause this episode is airing the second week in December. I think that's where we are. <laughs> what day is it? I don't even know. <laughs> sometime, sometime near December. Sometime near December. Um, if y'all are looking for a nice little present to give to your coworkers or your neighbors or the mailman, I always like to do things like that every year. One year I made hot chocolate sticks. That recipe's on the blog. Other years I've done um, truffles, which is also on the blog. Um, but this year, maybe I'll make everybody bacon jam jars. How fun would that be? Do it. That would so be fun. so cute. Okay. Sorry. I only have you for a little while and I'm <laughs> wasting all of it on bacon jam. Um, oh, it's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. Never wasted when it's talking about bacon jam. Um, anyway, so that is, that's pretty much the skinny on Caroline and, but I kind of want to hand it over to you. Tell a little bit about yourself, um, why you started the blog and then really what inspired the cookbook. Um, well, I'll just start at the very beginning. Um, and when I was 20, I was a junior in, um, I was going to say high school, but then no, I wasn't. I was a junior in college. Um, I was 20 years old and I was diagnosed with type one diabetes, very much out of the blue. Um, it pretty much rocked my world. Um, I think it still rocks my world to anyone that's familiar with this disease. It's, um, something that kind of consumes you at times. Um, and it's something that you have to hourly and almost down to the moment sometimes be aware of. So, um, pretty much type one diabetes is an autoimmune disease and it's something that I'll have for the rest of my life. Um, and I was immediately put on insulin and I, within two weeks I gained 22 pounds. Um, and for a girl at age 20, um, that kind of weight gain is, is very difficult for anyone, but especially when it comes out of the blue and there, there's nothing you could do about it. Um, I felt sick all the time. I was practically fainting all the time. Um, like full on dripping sweat, like fainting status. Um, and the doctors just pretty much, they told me all the time. Um, I was seeing some of the top doctors on the East coast and that, you know, they told me it doesn't matter what you eat as long as you take enough insulin to counteract it. And that's what I was told over and over again. Um, you know, pizza, pasta, all those things, you can eat them, just take enough insulin. Um, and after a while, um, I was like, nope, this is not the way life is going to be. Um, and I'm not just accepting this. I've kind of always been that um, person that doesn't take no for an answer. Um, I'm kind of an independent um, person in my mindset. And I was, so I just started researching everything. Um, and that was kind of right around the time where the book Wheat Belly came out, um, or at least it got popular. And um, that book just kind of changed my life and changed my thinking. And that's kind of when I um, adopted kind of grain-free 
um, paleo way of eating. I definitely do eat dairy. Um, and I do find with, you know, really good quality dairy, but, um, for the most part, just keeping things grain free, refined, sugar free, um, just kind of that, that mindset of eating. And I immediately felt better. I, um, saw like a drastic change in my blood sugar levels. And, um, so I pretty much was like, well, I feel so great. And I jumped in. I've never looked back ever since. Um, so that's kind of like my health story Such a in cool a nutshell. Story. I love it. You're so inspired. Yeah. Oh, thank you. But um, the blog started actually because all around this time um, I was getting married. Um, that kind of also came out of the blue. Um, we, I met my husband and we got married pretty um, quickly afterwards, but he's absolutely wonderful. Um, and I, you know, it was, it was kind of more at the beginning stages of, um, learning to live with this disease. And I was like, you know what, on, on any day, um, you know, I just want to be a normal girl on my wedding day. And, um, so that's something I really struggled with because the caterer is like, you know, giving us all these fabulous dessert ideas. And I'm like, well, I can't eat any of them, like not to be selfish, but, um, this is kind of my day. So, it's actually my husband. He's like, well, why don't you like come up with a cake recipe? Because I had been kind of tooling around in the kitchen with recipes and stuff. So I pretty much came up with um, a cake recipe that's in my cookbook. Um, and that's it's also on my blog. It's the one recipe that's on my blog. And um, it's one of my most popular recipes. And so my aunt actually made it. Um, and then the caterer decorated it. And so we had a grain-free wedding cake um, at our wedding and it was awesome those are some of my most favorite pictures and people were like people didn't realize they're like this is grain-free this doesn't have sugar and I was like nope and um, so that's kind of how the blog started um, just based off that and then it's just grown ever since Um, but yeah all due to that wedding cake that's awesome that was you know that was an interesting struggle because we had and I talked I think I remember talking to you about this when Austin and I were wedding planning. Um, just out, off the bat, everybody tells you, well, it's just your wedding. You might, you might as well just live it up and have the real <laughs> and have the real deal. And I'm not an easily irritated person, um, but that really kind of got under my skin after I heard it enough. I was like, you know, grain free is the real deal. <laughs> That's, yeah, and, you know, and the last thing you want is to go into, you know, the start of your marriage. And we went on a honeymoon pretty much right away, but, you know, feeling sick. And so I get that. And, and more power to you and folks listening. I did a small little recap on the wedding and how to make it healthy. Um, and I just, Caroline's another testament to that. And I reached out to her and she told me about her awesome wedding cake experience. Um, but I did, I found a gluten-free, uh, bakery in San Antonio made the best darn cake ever. And folks, it was just gluten-free. It wasn't a hundred percent paleo, but folks had no idea, you know? So mm-hmm. if, if you are wedding planning or just an event, if you're planning an event, you know, you have a big anniversary coming up or your little baby's turning one and you need a smash cake, there's no reason why you have to be pressured into getting a conventional wheat flour filled cake. So there's all kinds of awesome options out there. Um, and you can always just follow the brilliant minds like Caroline and make your own and use the <laughs> one in her book. 
Yeah, so that's like that whole philosophy, just like you said, kind of is what led me to writing my cookbook. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know I I talk a lot about this on my blog and um, as well as in the book. But I think, you know, the biggest struggle for me or um, I think for most people um, is always like those occasions like where it's a Christmas work party or it's a backyard summer barbecue or it's even a wedding or you know or you're just having friends over for like a cocktail party on a Friday night like those um occasions were always the hardest for me just Mm -hmm. because you kind of are outside of your comfort zone and you're surrounded by people and you can be surrounded by you know if you're at like a football tailgate you can be surrounded by a lot of temptations um and for someone you know I have to eat a certain way just you know for more than just about eating healthy. I mean, it's kind of for my survival. So that's really, I really wanted to recreate all those foods um, for my cookbook. So that's kind of what led me to doing it. I mean, I think that food is something that's so ingrained in our minds. I mean, you know, whenever we talk about a holiday or we talk about a birthday party or even like a coffee date, like all those things are surrounded by food. They really are. And it's just so central to life. And so, um, I think that food can really be fun. I think healthy eating can be fun. Um, You're definitely a testament to making healthy eating fun. But also at the same time, there's a lot of people with allergies or health issues that really dread events sometimes Mm -hmm. because they're like, oh, what am I going to eat? And so that really is what was on my heart to write the cookbook about. Awesome. I know it speaks to a lot of people. And I have to tell you, it's one of the – cookbooks. I've got an arsenal of them now, but it's one of the few I like to keep on my coffee table because it's so beautiful. Um, and oh, thank it, you. Yeah, no, I really mean it. And it's, um, when folks come over and they sit down and, you know, we like to have company over pretty regularly, especially because I am cooking up a storm every single day. It's a veritable potluck every single day right now. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> oh man, Caroline knows what I'm working on and I promise I will tell you guys soon. Um, but when people come over, I like them to flip through books that I really think are going to inspire them and yours has been one of them. They've been like, really? Corn dogs? <laughs> oh, I was just going to mention the corn dogs. <laughs> I have been craving those corn dogs. But, you know, like I said, like that was associated with um, – you know, when we were little children, twice a year, there'd be a sale. Now there's a sale like every day. And it was always like back to school in summer. And my mom would take us shopping for new clothes. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a healthy, um, a very healthy home. So things like corn dogs were not on the menu all the time. Mm-hmm. But we would get to go to the like the mall food court and I would always choose corn dogs, french fries and lemonade. So, you know, that's that was um, that's in the I think it's the family movie night chapter, which I tried to do more like kid friendly foods. But, um, you know, it's, it's so associated with everything that we do. And, yeah, the corn dogs, they're good. It is. It's real life meeting you where your um, dietary goals or health needs are. Um, and I think that's awesome. It opens up a lot of doors and it really bridges a gap between folks who will say, well, it's just not worth it. You know, I just don't want to live without XYZ foods. So I think it's a, I think it's a huge contribution. So thank you on behalf of everybody who cannot verbally tell you thank you right now. <laughs> oh, you're way too sweet. <laughs> oh, oh no, it's you. It's just you. You bring it out in me. Okay, so um, I do kind of want to touch on briefly. You know, I you mentioned it, and it's something that we talk like I like to bring up every once in a while in various episodes here on the show. Um, 
revolving around mindset and sort of, you know, resetting your own body image, body obsession, things like that. As a 20-year-old who overnight essentially was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and then gained 20 plus pounds, you said 22 pounds, um, yeah, just in two weeks. In <laughs> two weeks, it was horrible. Yeah, you know, I can understand that if you didn't, if you were not necessarily, I don't want to use the word obsessed because that's putting words in your mouth, but if you weren't overly conscious of your bodies, an event like that could easily turn that switch on, you know, flip it on. Yeah. So I would love, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about what that experience was like and how did you ultimately learn to really be happy in your own skin? Yeah, you know, it was hard. Um, you know, I was in college and uh, I was at an internship and then it's like you go back to college and you're, you know, that much heavier. It's like, oh, like did Caroline just let herself go? And I really did not talk about my diagnosis. Um, even a lot of my sorority sisters that I lived with senior year didn't even know because mm-hmm. um, I was really embarrassed by it. Um, I honestly was. I didn't want people to like think I was different or, you know, be like, oh, she ate too many, um, you know, she ate too much candy as a child. So now she has diabetes because that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think um, it was it really wasn't until probably about the past year when I really have started like sharing and opening up and um, about it. But, you know, I just realized like, you know, there, there's times when. Um, you know, my blood sugar may be a little off and, and sometimes, you know, you can kind of have this, um, just because you're insulin dependent, you can kind of have this, this rise and fall in your weight. And even if it's only a few pounds, that's something you notice as a person. Um, other people may not notice it, but I'm very like, you know, conscious of that and, um, you know, really trying to keep everything stable. It's, you know, it's, it sometimes seems like a full-time job, like, you know, I'm eating this, I have to take this much medicine, etc. But, um, I think really in the past year when I opened up more about everything that was going on in my life, I found it so freeing. Um, and I had people that even I was really close to, they're like, we had no idea. Um, and so that was, you know, that was kind of cool um, for sure because I never like set out to be an inspiration to anyone. Um, I never like sat down and was like, oh, I want to inspire people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, but, you know, getting emails or getting comments um, like, oh, I'm a type 1 diabetic or, oh, my mom, you know, is is insulin resistance. Like, I just bought your cookbook for her. Like, all that stuff just reaffirms that, um, you know, everything going on in my life, like, happened for a reason, um, for sure. And I know that sounds so cliche, but I really, I can see that now. Like, I couldn't see that at the time. I couldn't even see that two years ago. But now I can see, like, you know, like, this is what I was meant to go through. And um, mm-hmm. I think as far as, like, just body image is concerned. Um, I think you just really have to accept who you are, um, what you look like, and you have to be confident in that. And, you know, I, I may be like different than other people. I may not be able to run as fast. I may not, you know, be able to eat like certain foods or I may always have to be that person that goes out to a restaurant and has to get the bunless burger. Um, but I think just accepting that about yourself and, and being confident in that really just, it completely changed my mind. You know, instead of being like, oh, can can I have a side salad instead of those potatoes? Or, hey, do you mind, like, 
not giving me the bun with that. Like sometimes that still can be like an awkward conversation, but I think when you say it with confidence, um, that really goes a long way. But, um, I think, yeah, it's just, it's something that's, it hasn't come easy for me. Um, and it hasn't happened overnight. I'll be honest with that. But I think finally, um, I really have just accepted who I am, what I look like, um, and you know who I am as a person, and I've just become really confident about that. And and everyone's different. Um, I know that also sounds so cliche, um, but we all are really all different. And we all bring something um, different to the table, and you never know how like a really difficult, life changing experience um, that you go through, like years down the road, can really help and change someone else's life. So. Um, I know I say sometimes that I'm thankful for living with this disease, and I truly do mean that now. Um, I wouldn't have been able to say that like four years ago, but um, that's truly how I feel now. That's beautiful. I mean, it really is. And I think that clarity and that perspective speaks volumes um, about your purpose on top of that. You know, to be able to have that perspective speaks to the reason why you're supposed to be doing what you're doing. You're supposed to be, you know, telling your story and um, folks that can identify with it, maybe it helps them along the way are going to piggyback off of that. So I think that's awesome. It's it's beautiful. I had my transformation, so to speak, um, five, six years ago, and you bet your Bibby, I was not thankful for it while I was going through it. No. Mm-mm. I was like, I was, nothing is working. I feel, I felt like a failure. I felt like I didn't know which end was up and just dumb when it came to food and working out. Like nothing was working. And it was such a defeated feeling. And it wasn't, and it was, I mean, it took, I, I tell people it took me a year to really right-size my health following a paleo-type lifestyle with mixed fitness. And it, it was a full year for my body to heal and to get back to a state, you know, I went down the 10 dress sizes and I only lost about 10 pounds. There was a lot of inflammation going on. My pain went away. Um, so a year for that to happen... But, you know, like you said, to be completely honest, the mindset and not being upset with my body and loving it for what it is took a lot longer. And yeah. oftentimes that's the that's the biggest piece of the pie left that you shouldn't ignore um, if you really want a true, lasting, you know, happily ever after. So I think the more people are honest, just like you are, about your story, the the more I think that um, the world at large is kind of going to relax a little bit and let it be. Whatever it is, love where you're at because that stress is doing more problems for your health than than good. So so true. And you have to, you know, you have to accept yourself. Like you said, like stressing about something impacts your health so greatly. And I think just, just accepting who you are and loving yourself um, takes a lot of that health struggle away, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Totally. Amen, sister. Okay, awesome. Well, <laughs> I don't think there's anything I can add to that. Um, so I, okay, really quickly want to wrap up with a total uh, left turn from, <laughs> from the previous conversation. So you have, since starting the blog, 
Um, I remember looking back through your recipes, you always seem to have had an eye for photography and I've watched your photography skills blossom as time has gone on and the book is just beautiful. I can't say it enough. So, and I know that you put together an ebook, a photography ebook, Scrumptious and Styled, that folks I think can find online. Um, but I, there's a lot of bloggers that listen to the show and are aspiring cookbook authors, nutrition consultants, NTPs, you know, a good plethora of folks. And oftentimes when we're trying to take our work, you know, where we want to communicate healthy lifestyle transformation methods to our clients, um, we have to visually display that. So a lot of us nutritionists, Caroline, myself included, I feel like we accidentally stumbled into needing to be a photographer also. And so, or at least that's how I felt. I had to all of a sudden take pictures of this food I was cooking. So I had a picture to post with the recipe I was putting online. And oh my goodness, I left them up because I want people to see that where, you know, you can start from. <laughs> but my first recipes are online. Feel free to scroll back through the archives and laugh at me. I took all provide, of I was just going to say, it provides some great laughter because you're like, wow, sure. I posted that. <laughs> For sure. I'm leaving them up. My team was like, Cassie, should we go ahead and rephotograph these? I said, no, we are leaving no. those up so that people can see. You know, I just feel like it's much more authentic. Um, but anyways, so... Things evolve very quickly, but I really think that your style and your touch is top notch. And I would love to know if you have, you know, your top tips, photography 101 for aspiring food bloggers, cookbook authors, etc. Practice, practice, practice. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that 20 million times. Um, that's probably my biggest tip. Um, it doesn't co come overnight. Um, it honestly doesn't. But um, I think it's really cool to see how quickly you can actually get better at something when you take the time to practice. And, um, you know, there's there's times in the morning when I'm just like hanging out in the office and I just take pictures of my food and and I get so excited about it. And then I'm like, oh, now my breakfast is cold. Um, but just <laughs> just that practice is, um, you know, something you totally need. I remember I was I was gone for like a month and I didn't have my camera with me and then I picked it back up and this was just a little while ago and I was like oh what do I do <laughs> um and this was like a few months ago even so um definitely practice um I would say other than that when you're actually taking the photos the biggest thing is you've got to have a lot of natural light um you can never have too much light um, because you can, you know, you can close a curtain or you can put a board up or diffuser up and kind of block some of that light. But um, a lot of natural light. Um, I'm really thankful the house I live in has two huge windows. Um, and so I, I get a, nat a lot of natural light. Um, but yeah, what, I mean, when I first started, um, and even some of the pictures that I still love to this day were taken in my tiny little apartment um, that you could barely move in. And I would, like, stand on the bed to take photos. I'm not sure how clean that was. But, you know, you do what you have to do. And so, um, you know, I started in a tiny little apartment with one tiny little window. Um, and I knew that the light came through for like an hour and a half every day and that's when I would take the photos um so I don't think you have to have you know I'm thankful now that I have a little bit bigger space um but I don't think you have to have that 
So you just got to figure out, um, you know, when the light comes in. And I was actually talking with someone the other day. They're like, well, what's the best time to photograph? And I was like, well, I can't tell you that because I don't know, like, you know, where your house is, where you're located. You know, the seasons play a huge role. I know that it's always something funny that when daylight savings happens, everyone like talks about it on Instagram. (laughs) Um, But, you know, the seasons, times of day, I prefer to shoot in the morning the light's a little bit more blue and you can always warm it up. But one thing that really bothers me is those yellow looking photos. Um, and so the afternoon light, at least where I am, is very harsh um, how it comes in my windows and it's very yellow looking. Um, so I don't really like to shoot in the afternoon. Um, I'd rather shoot kind of in the morning time frame. Um, and then I would say you've got to just you've got to bring life into your photo you know, like, instead of just taking a photo, like, let's say we're taking a photo of pizza or Eggs Benedict, you know, instead of just standing over it and snapping a photo of it, like, I think you really have to think, oh, like, what, what am I, why am I so excited to eat these Eggs Benedict for breakfast? Or why am I so excited to eat this pizza? You know, what really makes me excited about that? What's like the feel I'm trying to create? Um, You know, and just maybe think about that for a moment. Um, before you actually take the photo. I think that goes a long way because then you you really can put emotion into a photo. Um, and, you know, if it's if it's a breakfast thing, maybe make your photo like a little bit lighter than if it's like a, a cozy winter weeknight dinner. Maybe make that a little bit darker to kind of go along with that emotion. So I think really asking yourself like, why am I excited about this? What is the point of this? Um, I think that can definitely help your photo. And then you've got to have props. Um, I love prop shopping. <laughs> I always say I go to anthropology and like one of the girls always laughs at me because I'll like go in and buy like two little things and I'll always have my coupon and or, or it'll be on a sale day. And they're always like, do you ever, and then I come home, my husband's like, do you ever buy anything for you? And I'm like, no, I, I bought this cute plate though. <laughs> um, but I think, um, you know, just, I, I really focus on like the quality um, I know I talk about this a little bit in my book, but, you know, I would rather spend $20 on this beautiful white plate that I know I'm going to use over and over and over again that you probably see in all my photos um, than like, you know, $2 on a plate that really has no character to it that I'm never going to use again. Um, and I have some of those $2 plates that I bought just because they were $2 and they still like have the tags on them and I've never used them because they like don't, they don't make me happy I guess but um so I think when you're prop shopping like you know pick one or two things that really speak to you that you can see yourself using over and over again instead of just buying something for the sake of buying it so you don't really have to have a lot um I mean you'll see in my photos I I sometimes use the same linens over and over again but I just love the way they look so um yeah choose things that that really make you happy and that you want to photograph brilliant advice oh my gosh that's beautiful. I find myself now. I want to go prop shopping. I know. <laughs> you know what prop you have that I need to find? Um, it's the basket that your morning butter biscuits are in. It's so stinking cute. Um, you know that was one of those things. Like I said, that I just saw um, at this little French antique store in San Diego when I was home for like one day. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting it back to Hawaii. I was like so worried that it was going to break and everything, but. You know, it's just one of those things I stumbled upon and it's something I use over and over and over again. So, you know, when you see those things that you're like, 
okay, I know I'm going to use that. Um, you know, that's when the time to, to get things and, and to invest in your props. And y you really honestly don't have to have much. I mean, I know there's, there's people out there that their whole job is to just like pick plates for a cookbook. And I secretly want to do that. <laughs> um, but sadly, that's not my job. Um, Yet. But you never know cool who's job. listening. You don't know <laughs> someone could be. Yes. So who's writing a cookbook out there and I'm going to pick out all your plates. <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I know people that do that. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Well, I follow them on Instagram. I don't actually know them, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, that's brilliant advice. I really like your tidbit about, you know, putting some personality into it. And that's something that I'm working on a big project, like I've mentioned, and it involves a lot of recipe photos. And, you know, when you're shooting five to six, sometimes eight different recipes in a day, it it can almost feel like, you know, you're just on a conveyor belt of food, you know, it's done. Okay. Take it to the window table and take a picture. Um, and I'm never happy with those photos and I have to stop and look at it and think if I were setting, if we had guests over for dinner, what would I do to this dish to make it, you know, feel like home? And that makes all the difference in the world. I think that's great advice. And I hadn't really thought about it that way before. Yeah, I mean, you have to, I think so much of what we do is like you put your heart and soul into it. You do it because, you know, you're really excited about it. I mean, anyone in this industry can relate to that. Um, it's a lot of heart. So you got to put that in your photos for so sure. So true. So true. Oh, and Caroline, this has been a treat. It has my, been my I know. blogger Christmas present, podcaster Christmas present <laughs> to myself. <laughs> now, if only Gus and Libby could be friends like us, it oh, would just I? be complete. They would love each other. I think I think like, it would be so much fur and tail wagging. It would be hilarious. Oh my gosh, talking about standing on your bed. You don't know if if that was healthy. You should see the number of times I have to like pick hair off of food that I'm about to take a picture of. They just those white tufts just float in my house. It's so it's so nasty. I'm sorry if that grosses you out and it's the reason why I'm so hesitant to give food away. <laughs> but just, no, there was one cookbook photo that did not make it into the cookbook that was absolutely one of my favorites. I should go back and find it. And no matter how hard I tried and I had like some people that are really good at Photoshop try, we like there was this one Libby hair. Oh, no. And it was like, I think it was a picture of like egg yolks or something. And it was just like so perfect. And we couldn't get the Libby hair out. <laughs> and... Yeah, I need to find that photo now because it was a beautiful photo. Oh, man, you but. you should find that. You know, I had – well, I also decided that I think I need a new prescription because I, sometimes I'll post photos and other people will bring Gus's influence on the dish to my attention <laughs> that I missed. Oh, man. Anyways, okay, well, I won't keep you any longer, folks. I hope you enjoyed – Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for coming on. It was a real treat. Um, remember that you can find Caroline. I'm going to give you the quick rundown. And remember, I'm going to link up to all this stuff online so you can find everything there. Um, but you can find her at her blog, ColorfulEatsNutrition.com. She has her own podcast, which you should definitely check out, The Nourishing Buzz. Uh, her book, All-American Paleo Table, which I'm clearly in love with. 
Um, it'd make an awesome Christmas present. I'm just saying, you know, if you ordered it on Amazon, I bet you could have it in time. And uh, her ebook, Scrumptious and Styled, if you'd like to learn more about her um, really brilliant food photography tips. So, Caroline, thanks again for coming on. And Thank you uh, so much. Oh my gosh, such a treat. Good luck with everything going on. I know you and I will stay in touch, but um, I consider myself very lucky to have such a friend and kindred spirit in this industry. So you guys also have an awesome week. Be sure to check out the show notes for a transcript of everything if you wanted to recap on anything that Caroline said and to get links to everything we talked about. We'll be back again next week.